Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 365 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And tonight we are doing our deep dive episode. And this one is going to be a real shallow and deep dive because I've been experimenting with D-Star and XLX for all of like two days now. So I'm, con- I'm going to consider myself an expert at this point. A professional complete. Uh, I, absolutely. I, I know all there is to know about D-Star, but we're, we're not actually going to, well, I mean, we're going to touch on D-Star because the episode is technically about D-Star reflectors and specifically one open source D-Star reflector called XLX, which uh, if you have a Pi Star unit, you know, you've probably seen XLX in your dashboard before, but we're going to get to all that. Before we do, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Russ K5TUX. Cheryl is on assignment this week, W5MOO, but we have a very happy Bill. Absolutely, and I'm Bill, NE4RD. Good evening. And uh, he's going to be a color commentary tonight. Oh, wait, yeah. do we do we have uh, do we have someone from the, uh, the other room coming in? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No. 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 She, uh, she's, she's turned still, around and ran. She's, she's like, oh, no, you're recording. I'm out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. You're still on assignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so because I have uh, just recently purchased an ICOM IC7100, which has given me access to the wonderful world of D-Star for the first time in my amateur radio career, I have been uh, playing with it. So, <laughs> now, I, like, we th- should preface this that, like, XLX and D-Star kind of came out of our conversation on the last deep dive, and we've kind of been mulling this over and kind of talking in the discord room about d star and and uh talking about like the the way to get into it and then you were like oh you know 7100 yeah it's got d star it's hf you might be able to like send me back my uh alinko (laughs) (laughs) yes as a matter of fact your alinko is in a box and ready to head back to you so i hope you're Hope you're ready to do something with it. So. I'm putting it in the truck, and even though I'm I'm back to riding the bike every day, so uh, <coughs> thank God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, you you took a took a took a a big jump into the uh, closed source world and uh, purchased a, a D Star rig from Icom. I did, and the only reason I did that is because of all of the sort of digital voice technologies that are out there right now, it's the only one I didn't really have any way to use. Um, I'd been hooked up with AllStar and Echolink and IRLP and DMR and Yezu System Fusion and all that stuff, and the one outlier was DSTAR, and which is kind of interesting because I think as far as 
timeline and the amateur radio service d star i'm pretty sure was first of all of those um that i can remember at yeah. least in the amateur radio spectrum like i remember d star <clears throat> very early on like early 2000s probably I mean, right. I don't, I don't even know what the original date is, and I'll look that up while I'm thinking about it. But I, I remember it coming out a long time ago. It's one of those protocols that was not originally for the amateur radio service. It was just an open source voice, voice codec and everything, and it it wound up being taken over and used by the Japanese Amateur Radio League, uh, the JARL. Yeah, the late '90s actually. So 1998 is when they started investigating it and then the D Star was actually released and published in two thousand one. So that Right. The early two thousands kind of came to mind. I remember, yeah, I'm just kind of looking through the Wikipedia page because I'm, you know, my brain is fried. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, like, when D Star came out, you had like that one point two gigahertz radio from ICOM came out. I think uh um Kenwood and 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 Icom were both kind of early on in the D-Star market when it came to it because it did come out of the JARL so it was not uncommon to see those but it you know obviously Icom is what most people put as a synonym to D-Star is that that's that's an Icom brand but it technically isn't right it's technically not actually as i understand it i'm going to try and get this right and someone will correct me if i'm wrong i'm sure but D-Star itself is actually an open protocol. It can be used by anybody. But what happened was the first instantiation of D-Star was done by uh, on a commercial chip, which is the Ambi chip, the Ambi vocoder, which that is the proprietary part, whereas D-Star is open. So you can implement D-Star without Ambi, but when they started all of this stuff going on everybody used ambi because it was the implementation of of the day and so it carried forward and so in order to use d star at least in its current you know iteration on your icom radios and your uh kenwood d74s and so on they all have proprietary ambi chips in them so that's how you that's how you decode and encode the packets even yeah, it's, it's virtually the codec that actually is the compression standard for the voice channel right it's it's one of those things that i've been trying to wrap my head around and i can't because i know part of it's open part of it isn't blah 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 blah, blah. right and, and uh, i think as of well, i'm looking here also like as of 2017 the patents have expired according to bruce perrin's K6BP at the 2017 ARRL Tapper DCC in his State of the Digital Voice Talk. So there you go. Right. But we're going to talk a little bit about transcoding when it comes to the XLX reflector in a second, or maybe more than a second, but uh, it still requires a proprietary ambi vocoder if you want to do that kind of thing. But I don't know how far down the rabbit hole of getting into D-Star we want to to go here i don't i don't want to make this a deep dive about d star itself i mean it's a digital voice technology it's implemented by mostly icom uh some kenwood and i think there's probably some like open built kits out there um that do d star there's also uh a technology or a project called freestar which was created and deployed by some canadian hams which is i think an open source implementation of the d star protocol or something like that 
um, a lot of this is kind of confusing. I think, I think free star radios can talk to D star radios. Um, but there's like a whole network for free star and everything. And this is not about that either. So what is, what, what you can do with D star is you can have a repeater that has D star in it. So you can have nodes connecting to a repeater that can be used in that way to transmit D star signals and be encoded and decoded at remote ends. You can also do sort of local simplex D star. You can do HF D star, which is digital voice over HF kind of in the way that free DV is like, but free DV uses the open source codec to codec. And, um, so, so this is just a way of creating a digital voice packet that has to be encoded and decoded at both ends over standard radio frequencies instead of something analog. And what makes, what's also included in D-Star is the ability to route data packets through a network, say like, oh, the internet, you know, that's, that's a big network that most people are attached to in some way tiny 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 <laughs> it's, it's yeah <laughs> no no one's ever heard of the thing but yeah you know. um so so d star is one of those early adoption technologies that allows you to do rf with digital voice and also link uh systems together whether it be repeaters or nodes or whatever and that ability allows you to get wide area communications over VHF if you don't have an HF path or whatever. And some of the later technologies like DMR and system fusion and, um, well, what are the other ones? <laughs> the ones we've already talked about, uh, do that same sort of thing. All star echo link, blah, blah, blah. They leverage the internet so you can pass traffic across networks so you can do not real ham radio, basically. That's right. This, this is Bill's. <laughs> it expands the ability of your RF signal to leave the world of RF and join the world of copper and <laughs> and light and be transmitted to uh, you know you know a million different places, maybe a, a billion. I don't know. And well, and I understand why you're saying it's not real ham radio because a lot of this because it, like especially if you're using Echolink like on a portable device, <laughs> you can be doing amateur radio without any radio whatsoever. <laughs> and as um, usual, I'm just kidding about the not real ham radio. No, you're this, not at all. This is really cool stuff. It's just <laughs> I'm I have never I've never taken the plunge, and we keep talking about it, and I still haven't been convinced or sold that I need to take the plunge. But uh, but uh, yeah, I've been real interested in following uh, all of your work that you've been doing at home, kind of buying all these little parts and putting them all together and stuff. Like we like uh, like I mentioned in the last podcast. Or last, last you know, the XLX was something we kind of talked about, but said, eh, maybe this will save us for a new episode. And since we were kind of short on content, <laughs> I convinced I convinced uh, Russ here to, to talk about XLX, which we should probably start doing because XLX not only does D Star, but it does other stuff too. It does, and let me let me get a little bit into that before we get to XLX because uh, D Star implements a couple of uh, protocols. And the first one was D plus, and that's like if you're if you're going into a reflector called REF um, on your Pi Star system, or even if you're connecting via a repeater, uh, 
that's linked to the internet. The REFs use the D plus protocol. Uh, then there was DCS, which was a different kind of D star implemented by a German group. And, uh, the state of that pro, you know, of that project, I'm not really sure of, I guess the, the people who originated it gave up on it and it was taken over by other people, but it uses its own protocol called DCS, which is still D star. And then there are two open source projects for creating reflectors for D-Star. One is XRF and the other is XLX. And XRF uses a protocol called D-Extra, which is still D-Star. <laughs> so uh, you can run one of those if you want. The There's a software package called X, let's see, was it D-X-R-F-D? And there are several imp- implementations of DXRFD if you want to run an XRF reflector. But the most interesting of these projects is the last one, which is XLX. And the reason it's most interesting of these projects is because it implements all of those protocols, DCS, DXtra, and D+. And not only that, but the software, because some really skilled and interesting people have reverse engineered the data packets for other networks like DMR and C4FM, this reflector allows you to connect all of these things together. And you may be wondering, like, what exactly is a reflector? Well, what a reflector is, is a software package. It's just running on a computer and it is accepting input across a network of data packets of audio. And it will take them in, ingest them, and then put them back out to everything connected to that reflector. So this is a way of linking remote systems together and having data coming in from any one of those go out to all the rest of them that are connected to the reflector. So it literally, you know, a packet comes in and it gets reflected to all of the other things that are connected to that reflector. XLX is super interesting because it can take DMR, it can take YSF, it can take D-Star, and it can reflect all of those. And if you have a PyStar system, you'll see all of these XLX reflectors on your PyStar node. And since XLX is open source and has the ability to do all of this stuff, you can build your own. So if you want to connect a bunch of buddies together or a club or an organization or something where you have your own private reflector, you can do that. The software is, of course, free. I think it's, uh, is it GPL? I didn't look to see what XLX. XLX. Yeah. I'll look at the license real quick. I, don't, I think it is GPL. It might be LGPL. It's hosted over at GitHub by LX3JL. And I know there's uh, another person, LX1IQ, uh, who's also working on XLX and perhaps other developers. GPL v3. GPL v3. Uh, so you you can download the software and build it and run your own XLX reflector on your machine. And you can... You can talk D-Star anywhere that you can connect D-Star. It has uh, some features that some of the other reflectors don't have. Like, for example, you can connect other XLX reflectors to your XLX reflector, so you can make your reflection network even bigger. And it will, I I think I saw this somewhere, but I'm not, I I don't have the link in front of me. But if you're not using D-Star specifically, if you're connecting with DMR and YSF, um, I believe it will transcode those natively between the two. Um, 
but you can also transcode between D-Star and the other two if you have an AmbiVocoder chip. Now, they're not like trivially cheap to buy these things. A USB that decodes three simultaneous streams, I want to say, costs 300 bucks. So, yeah, not, not like just pocket change um, because that technology is still proprietary. But if you decide you wanted to do that, you could outlay $300 or so uh, or more, depending on the hardware device you want. And it will cross, it will uh, transcode between DMR, System Fusion, and D-Star. And so so people on D-Star can talk to people on System Fusion, which is something that, as of now at least, Pi-Star itself cannot do. There is no, if you, if you look at the, the options for transcoding, you can do DMR to YSF, you can do YSF to DMR, you can do YSF to NXDN, but you can't do any of the, those things to or from D-Star. That's because it requires that proprietary hardware. But XLX allows you to do that. And the, the procedure for building this thing is really not that bad. The, the, the instructions come from, uh, Ham November 5, Alpha Mike Delta, and he he walks through. I mean, like literally typing commands for how you get this thing built up. It's really simple. There's a there's a script you download, you run it as root, um, and it will ask you some basic questions like, "What do you want your reflector number to be? What's the host name of this?" reflector going to be what's the dashboard url stuff like that and then it downloads compiles builds and installs it on your system and it takes all of five minutes and you're done and then you have a reflector set up now there's a couple of there's a couple of caveats here i guess um if you want to call them caveats i don't know (laughs) um there's gotchas right yeah the gotchas there's there's a site called xrxreflector.de. I think I have that right. Let me look it up real quick. xrxreflector.de. Or xreflectors.de. Maybe it's xreflectors.de. Or xreflector.de. It's, it's one of those. I, <laughs> I know it. I know it in my soul. <clears throat> oh, well, there's an xr xreflector rxrefl.net that's not the one no that's not the one this this ends in de it's a it's definitely dot de okay oh it's why is it ysf okay it's ysf reflector sorry it's not x reflector Ah, okay that's why i can't find it right because this this actually has to do with the part of xrx that supports ysf or yezu system fusion or c4fm or whatever the hell you want to call it um xrx implements its own system fusion master if you deploy it in the standard configuration. And what this means is you don't have to connect to the YSF reflector registry. You don't have to register your YSF node. Um, and you can talk, you can use your reflector to talk YSF between people as long as they know where to connect, where your reflector is. And this is great, except it doesn't get put out into the registry so it like won't get downloaded to people's pi stars and stuff like that um i had a thing so so there's a there's a new way to do so you can you can install xrx that way and have it host its own rooms for system fusion or 
you can use the older script, make a couple of weird coding changes because XRX wants to take over for System Fusion or XLX, right? What did I say? You keep saying XRX. Oh, I'm sorry. XLX. I was getting confused. Sorry. I, I'm getting <laughs> like, confused too. I say all these acronyms. It's like, oh my God, what so are we talking about? So many letters. I, I know. Jeez. So anyway. X- so we're talking about the YSF reflector Debian installer, right? For XLX. Right. Okay. So XLX implements its own YSF reflector because you can connect YSF connections to it. But they're sort of private. They're, they don't show up on YSFreflector.de. And they don't get downloaded to Pi Stars and stuff like that. But you can still use it to communicate using System Fusion radios, for example. Um, the problem is, like I said, it doesn't show up. So there's a way you can make it so that XLX doesn't do that. And you, you can use a separate package, a separate reflector called YSF Reflector, which you do have to register at YSFreflector.de. But it gives you a static reflector ID, and it gets published so that Pi Stars can see it. Um, the problem is XLX wants to run on the same port as YSF Reflector, which is port 42,000. So you have to do a little bit of a sneaky configuration to put XLX on a different port <laughs> ah. so, so that YSF can actually run where it's supposed to. Because these are all ports you need to expose to the to the router, right? Yeah, if you if you're running behind a router, there's a bunch of ports you have to uh, allow through for any of this stuff to work. There's so, ports yeah, you got to be a port mapping expert on your whatever Wi-Fi router that you chose to run, <laughs> right? In your house, okay? Yeah, because there's ports in the ten thousand range, and the twenty thousand range, I think, in the thirty thousand range, the forty thousand range, and the sixty thousand range. Uh, that you have to open up for all this stuff to work. Um, there, luckily, the documentation for this is quite good. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, I'm looking at the port list here. It's uh, it's massive. <laughs> uh, but it but the different ports are used by the different protocols, the different DSTAR protocols, for example, the DCS, the DX, or the D plus uh, for YSF, for DMR, so on and so forth. So they, so if you're behind a firewall, or if you're using IP tables or, or something like that, you have to open up all these ports to allow the traffic through. And if you're, if you decide to use the Ambi chip, um, you have to install another piece of software called AmbiD, and you have to open up another set of ports for that. If that Ambi chip is not on your XLX box, because uh, the XLX reflector can be on a different machine than your ambi decoder i don't know why you'd want to do that maybe there's some reason maybe your reflector is not powerful enough to do what but it's a hardware encoder so i mean <laughs> it, should, it should work fine maybe you're using that uh you know illegal software <laughs> version of the ambi decoder chip <laughs> maybe so i don't know well your choices are up to you i guess um too many too many tlas <laughs> <laughs> so so yes and tony says dmz for the win so yeah you could dmz a radio or a computer if you're going to run a reflector on it then you don't have to worry about opening ports and then you can be hacked much more easily all right but that's if you're running pi star and your xlx on the same box yeah which i, I don't know that i'd recommend that because <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have one connect to the other that would be bad right <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, that's what I do. I, I have my XLX reflector running on just a separate machine 
And if I want to link something to it so I can hear it, I just have Pi Star connect to it via some protocol. Um, and typically that's going to be D Star because, you know, that's what we're talking about here XLX reflectors or D Star. Hmm. Um, so I wish, you know, I, w- I wish that the hardware decoding thing wasn't really necessary because it's kind of a pain in the butt. And uh, to be able to transcode between DMR and D Star would be really cool. But, uh, it isn't. It doesn't work. <laughs> At least it, not yet. Well, it becomes it, complicated. Like it, you need a second Ambi decoder just to handle that, independent of the the way you're getting the signal to RF. Right. Right. So, in other words, you have to have a radio with an Ambi decoder in it. Right, and like another MDM MMDV stick or something like that, or another. Well, probably not another radio. Probably just a stick, I would think, if you're yeah. using the actual hardware. Otherwise, there, I mean, there, there is that other option, but we shall not talk about the other option because <laughs> <laughs> there's big question marks on whether you can actually use that or not. But a little bit of googling, you can figure that out on your own. Absolutely. So, so what I've done is I've created an XLX reflector, and I might as well just give out the information here since we're talking about it. Um, I yeah. cho- what what you're supposed to do when you build these things is go to uh, whatever site it is. <laughs> well, actually, it doesn't matter because when you build the XLX reflector, it comes with its own built-in dashboard. So you go to the dashboard that you built, and you go to the node list, and it will list all the nodes for you. So it spins up a little web server. It does spin up a little so web server. you go to the IP address of the box that you just installed it on which is probably like a raspberry pi or something like that right it it could be i installed it in a vm but oh, okay so you have a vm so it has an ip address and it's on port 80 i'm assuming so you don't have to like put colon slash you know, right so, absolutely yeah, so it's on the main thing so if you have something else on that same box on port 80 <laughs> yeah you're gonna, you're gonna have, have to you're gonna have to do some uh creative configuring so but, yeah. use a use a virtual machine like tony says in the chat room or like you did or if you have a separate pie that you're going to build this on you can do that as well right so once you go to the node list it will list all of the active nodes you don't have to register a node per se when you're building xlx but you what they want you to do is go through the list find a number that has not been used yet and there are lots of numbers that haven't been used, so you just find one. And then you tell the XLX build that that's the number you want to use. And you build it using that number. And then what happens is there's a there's a config toggle called calling home. And when you're ready to go live, you change that config toggle from false to true, and you reboot the XLX reflector. And when you do that, it will call home. And it will send you an authentication hash when it has determined that you have chosen an XLX number that does not already exist. And once you've done that, you have essentially claimed that reflector number. And as long as you keep that hash, then that reflector number will always be yours. And I, for example, claimed uh, 659. So if you so if you happen to be, <laughs> I don't know why you'd be doing this, but if you happen to be doing this when you're staring at your PyStar dashboard, um and go to your D-Star configuration and hit the D-Star reflector drop-down. If you go down into the XLX section and look for XLX 659, you will see it there. And uh, it supports 26 different what it calls modules or chat rooms. Uh, it labels 
it labels the first three a b and c a being international b being regional and c being local um, but you can have anywhere from a through z and what these are is the same reflector can have multiple chat rooms. So if you connect to XRX659A, for example, which I'm calling the primary on my particular reflector, then you will only hear traffic for people who are connect to, connected to XRX659A. You can have lots of other people connected to the reflector on XRX659 some other module, and you'll they will only be talking to the people who are connected similarly to that module. And if you're familiar at all with D-Star, um, you should be relatively con- you know, comfortable with configuring your radio to connect to reflectors. So, like, some people might often connect to some of the busy reflectors, like uh, REF001C or REF00, uh, or sorry, REF030C. Um, those, those are pretty popular and pretty busy reflectors. Those use the old proprietary uh, ambient coders, and those are some of the early reflectors, so they've got, and they're still in the closed source. So they've got a bigger following because they've been around a lot longer. Um, but your radio can also connect to the other reflectors as well, as long as you have a gateway of some sort, like a Pi Star or a local repeater or whatever. So instead of connecting, instead of sending a, you know, REF001CL to link, you would send a XRX659, you know, AL uh, to connect to chat group A or module A on that reflector. And then once you get connected, you're connected. Anybody else who's on that reflector will hear it. And if that reflector is connected to other things like uh, C4FM, uh, Pi Star, or, uh, you know, if you have the ambient coder, another DMR uh, link someplace, then all traffic coming in will be dispersed to all traffic, you know, to all connected nodes going out. So it's a pretty handy thing. It's free software. It's it's easy to do. And you could spin one up and, you know, never even never even make it public if you wanted to just to, to build the software and stuff going through the. You know, the automated setup scripts is, is really easy. It just kind of handles everything for you, asks you, like, I think it's three questions, and then you're done. And as long as you have your ports poked open and a, a uh, an address to go to, um, you have a reflector running. You know, you have to jump through a, a few more hoops if you want to make it public and available to, you know, to folks out there on the intertubes. Um, but pretty straightforward. Have I wasted enough time talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely not. Not enough time. I'm. Uh, I haven't finished my drink yet, so you know you need to keep rambling. No, no. It sounds. Uh, it sounds really cool and really easy. I mean, the software seems simple enough to get set up. The the um, N five AMD documentation and the the pre built scripts for going through this made it really really easy. I mean, the hardest part was just waiting for like doing that final config tweak and waiting for my reflector to call home. So it would register with the network. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have to wait for people's pie stars to download the latest uh, host files. So they'll update. Yeah. Um, so it was basically, you know, you get it set up in five minutes and then there's a four to five hour waiting game <laughs> while, <laughs> while this stuff starts showing up around the internet. Um, 
but it's not showing up on my peanut application here on my phone. So I don't, peanuts. <laughs> I don't even know how you would get on the peanut network. <laughs> That's something we could probably save for another deep dive. Yeah, maybe so. If I if I figure out how to get on the peanut network, that'd be great. I'd love to have the have the reflector show up in there. But that would uh, save me some time. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. so so get in touch with the uh, the author of the peanut application and then just say, hey, how do I get my reflector listed in there? Are there other XRXs listed in there, or are they yes. all just there? Are okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's see, uh, lots of them. Uh, well, they're all XRFs. Let's see, hold on. Let's do all. I think I said XRX again. Sorry, XLX. Oh, okay. oh, these are XLXs, but I'm saying they're numbers are XRF numbers. Which are all D star numbers. Yeah, I kind of got it. There was something I read about the fact that. Um, oh, there are some XLXs as well. I see okay. some XLX 774, 750, 602, 508, blah, blah, blah. So lots of those. Okay. So apparently there's some way to get listed in the peanut application. So we might have to pursue that because that'd be kind of cool. Because, yeah, because then you can do D star without actually have to buy a radio, which I think is the thing you're looking for. Yeah, I think that's the thing that you have to handle the transcoding bit. So you have to have a little bit more gear. So, uh, yeah, it looks like Tony knows some people that know Peanut. So, <clears throat> and I believe, I believe we've talked to some of them before too in uh, Telegram and that Telegram digital cafe group. Yeah, some that's of those guys do, uh, the Peanut stuff. That's entirely possible. Maybe I'll just I'll start up a GoFundMe or something to get the three hundred bucks to get the ambi decoder, and then we don't have to worry about any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's the hubnet guys. That's what uh, Tony says. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the XLX is good for just about D Star DMR YSF. It gives you everything that you need to create a master transcode reflector, except for all the additional hardware. You need to well, all the additional hardware is just one decoder chip. I mean, probably for each extra mode that you're not bringing in RF, right? Um, my understanding was that the only thing you have, the only thing you need to do the transcoding is one ambi, like ambi USB dongle, because it can transcode three streams at a time, and the only ones that it can't transcode natively is is D star. Oh, okay. So if you're if you're transcoding from DMR to YSF, it can do that already. If you're transcoding from YSF to DMR, it can do that already. If you're transcoding from either of those two into or out of D star, that's what it needs the ambi chip for. Right, and like if you can't bring that, you can't bring that into All Star or Echo Link because those are just straight audio analog. Right, so right. You can they do would it. Need with- to be transcoded into the various encoders you could do it with an rf bridge a separate rf bridge but xlx will not take like a direct all-star connection oh okay so even though, even though i have absolutely no idea what i'm talking about well, <laughs> there's just there's no way there's no way to connect to an xlx reflector using all-star that the sort of no the notion of doing that just doesn't exist Oh, okay. You could do it if you had if you had like a Pi Star connected to the XLX reflector that was RFing between another radio that was connected to All Star. You could do it. You could have All Star and Echolink and IRLP and XLX, all that stuff connected together. But there has to be an RF link in between them, unless there's something that I'm not aware of, which you know there could be. Yeah, I just <laughs> I was just thinking if you had everything in the audio passband at some point 
like pre encoding to the other network that you could essentially shove or shim something in the middle you probably could shim something in the middle but i'm not aware of something that does a network bridge between those two networks if something exists like that i would certainly love for somebody to tell me what it is because i want to do that and the only way i know how to do that right now is rf so yeah that makes (laughs) sense yeah i bet it's this stuff again all mystifies me slightly <laughs> the, the one thing i will say and i want to bring this up because i i know some people have issues with the fact that these technologies in a lot of cases don't actually require the use of any rf <laughs> and so why do we even consider them amateur radio but i see it like it's a good way to get people interested in other aspects of the hobby including the rf aspect specifically the hf rf aspect by giving them access to long-distance communications as a technician licensee, you know, specifically in this country. Um, but the the ability to make long-distance contacts using only tech privileges, I think, I think is a gateway into HF and getting people upgraded. Yeah, um, until 10 meters is open again. <laughs> <laughs> and then, see ya! <laughs> well, I don't know about that. No, I know. No, I, I appreciate it a lot because, you know, obviously, and I'm going to, I'm going to mention the unmentionables again, the, uh, the K2BSA. Uh, yeah, they, they do a lot for, uh, Jamboree on the air and, and Jamborees in the digital space, whether that be D star or any of the other digital, you know, networks in order to circumvent the lack thereof of propagation. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's really hard to coordinate contacts and stuff like that um, with RF alone because, you know, it is all chance unless we're into, you know, a major, major uh, upswing in the solar cycles in HF. So, uh, yeah, having things like Echo Link, D-Star and so on and so forth have been great for bridging those international connections that you cannot get with uh, RF. Yeah, and while there's a whole bunch of network, uh, disparate networks out there, I know we've talked with uh, Andy Taylor about this, and he's he's sort of one for you know converging all these networks together. There's a lot of disparate technology out there, but honestly, if you know sort of the right places to look on any of the given technologies, there are lots of people using it. So while you may think, oh, I've tuned into you know reflector 055b and there's no one talking here and no one ever talks here well if you connect a 001c you're going to find a whole different situation and there's there are places to go to sort of guide you where to be if you want to be involved in any of these technologies and find the people to talk to because they're out there the stuff is getting used all the time it's just the universe of digital voice technology is so big, you kind of have to focus in on uh, the small gaps in the empty space. <laughs> um, so, but but I mean, there are there are websites out there that point you to all the active reflectors, all the active DMR talk groups, so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, not everybody gets into these technologies specifically to have their own solution, like a little Pi Star or whatever. You know, they might be getting involved because they're part of a an amateur radio club that is putting in, a, you know, a YSF repeater or a D-Star repeater or something like that. So, like, that's their only experience. Um, these kind of, you know, tools like XLX and Pi Star and stuff like that allow you to kind of 
have your own repeater, <laughs> including dragging it around in the car with you, right, on your, your hotspot. Yeah, that's, if, you've, <laughs> if you've got a cell phone with an internet connection that can do hotspotting, yeah, you can take any of these devices and connect them to that mobile hotspot and use them all mobily in the vehicle or just while you're walking around if you've got a you know battery pack on your back or something. Yeah, so it does make it very compelling to kind of look at a lot of these little interesting portions of the technology that allow you to not have to be too concerned about is there a repeater in my area (laughs) right i'm not a member of the club can i use that repeater (laughs) um yeah there's there's slowly you know except for the 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 sticker shock of a d-star radio um there's slowly the accessibility you know regardless of where you are as long as you have at least the internet <laughs> you know? right so you're not allowed to go on dial up although you can probably pass one channel on dial up uh, <laughs> i wouldn't recommend it but uh, you could <laughs> well i mean there's six kilobit channels so yeah i mean yeah you, i mean you probably wouldn't be able to check your mail at the same time because <laughs> you know, progressive web app is torturing your 56k connection yeah absolutely um are still people using dial well, I guess, uh, okay. Well, they're still in the rural areas until yeah. we have Starlink. You know, there's so what, 60 satellites uh, launched today. So uh, hopefully we don't have to worry about that much longer. <laughs> yeah, hopefully so. And hopefully somebody can kick up my internet connection here before too long. Uh, but yeah. All right. So hopefully that wasn't a too confusing introduction to uh, D-Star and using reflectors and specifically the open source XLX reflector system, which uh, you can download for free and run on any system you happen to have on hand. Uh, so if digital voice technology is your bag. This might be something you'd be interested in. I, I got up with it so fast. Like I said, I've been using D-Star for all of like 72 hours. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's really not that I mean, the getting getting my radio programmed was the biggest pain of the, of the whole process. So. Right, you started out, you didn't have any like audio at all, right? Your audio wasn't passing through, and then you realized like the microphone wasn't connected. <laughs> yeah, the D seventy one, the the seventy one hundred has this thing where you set the input devices that are connected to different modes. Like, like if you're using analog. You can tell it you want it to be microphone, accessory port, or USB. And same with digital modes. And I just had my radio set to be on USB for both. So <laughs> <laughs> wasn't getting audio breaker. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought people were really, really ignoring me. I mean, I was like, I got onto RF REF zero zero one C, which is the it's called the London Mega Reflector, mm-hmm. which is apparently connected to the entire like inner galaxy. Um, <laughs> um, and I was like, you know, I was keen up like, you know, Kilo five Tango uniform x-ray asking for a radio check, blah, 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 you know, and, uh, yep. And people would just start talking and I'm like, what the hell is going I mean, I know I'm connected to the reflector. So apparently they were seeing my key ups and no audio whatsoever. So, <laughs> so let's, uh, let's just circle back. I just want to just go over just the technology you use. So you have the IC7100 is your RF to D-Star bridge, let's yep. say. And then the XLX you installed in a virtual machine running on what OS? Debian. Debian is the... So uh, Debian. The scripts from uh, K5AMD are specifically for Debian. N5AMD, and yes. <laughs> N5, did I say... You said one? K. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, N5AMD. That's okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. It's not like I haven't screwed up tonight myself. Oh, no. 
<laughs> so they are specifically for Debbie and I bacon believe sugar for, Dunesbury. Yeah, bacon, bacon. As I said, bacon sugar Dunesbury. That's there right. You go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they are Debian scripts specifically for version nine, right? Um, but I'm using that? ten, and it worked fine. It worked fine for ten. So yeah. So there you go. So you can run the latest um, stable, right? Ten stable. Yep. Right latest now. stable. Yep. Yeah. Ten point so, three. And which means you could probably run it under Ubuntu, but we didn't test that with that. And so we're not going to guarantee that, but like the scripts for sure. If you uh, spin up a, a Debian box, um, it should, it should work for you. And, uh, yeah, the scripts make it super, super easy to do whatever you're doing. And, uh, I guess we should mention he has scripts. Let's, uh, let's see here. We has, uh, installer scripts for several different ways. You can do an, uh, uh, just the XLXD, which is the Debian installer. We have the YSF Reflector Debian installer, an AmbiD Debian installer, a multi-reflector installer, and then something else that I don't think has anything to do with what that is. Well, there's the <laughs> YSF to DMR thing for doing transcoding. So there's yeah, there's all that stuff built in. Yeah, there. it's probably the multi-reflector run. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, uh, connect to XLX659A if you have DSTAR and talk to me. I'm on there. Usually, if I'm awake. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's awesome. And you got up. I mean, yeah, you just got the rig three days ago, and yep. you've already got a node up and everything else. So it's it is super easy and it's super accessible. And you know, it doesn't take much more than a virtual machine. No, it sure doesn't. And uh, you know, other than the money I spent on the seventy one hundred, which was uh, substantial. I mean, you can you can get into D Star for a hell of a lot less than that. But yeah, I think the the cheapest D Star rig would be that uh, ID thirty one A something yeah, like that. Yeah, which get is like, like a one eighty nine or something like that, brand new. Something yeah, like that. get a and used one for one forty or something. And yeah, <laughs> so you could get in there with that and have your UHF connection that can get you into. Um, I guess what would you need a Pi Star at that point? Uh, Pi Star is a real easy way to do it. I mean, yeah. Pi Star is already set up for D Star. So, and since since like the published reflectors, whether they're REFs, DCSs, XRFs, or XLXs, are already there um, in a drop down list, um, it makes it really easy to connect to any of these things. And if you build your own, and like I said, and register with the system, then yours will show up there too. Um, but you can always do uh, text entry. You know, to get to one that's not public. So uh, that's one way to do it. And, of course, the rig, uh, PyStar is always nice enough to let you control things from the rig. So you can do this. You can issue the same DSTAR commands like you would connect to a reflector using a repeater uh, to connect to a reflector using PyStar. Exact same procedure. So if you've done one, you can do the other. And this is where we remind you that we have two deep dives on PyStar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that you can go back and listen to, and it's very, uh, very obtainable. I mean, a, a PyStar um, device is what, like, all together with the Raspberry Pi and everything else, what, like, 100 bucks maybe? or Well, bucks? I mean, the Zoom Spot I bought was, like, 90, and the Raspberry Pi was 35-ish, so yeah. 100 and a quarter. Yeah. 100 and a quarter and stuff like that. You can have a box that, you know, you can talk either on Wi-Fi, which is 
preferable because you might want to hotspot it off your phone or whatever to use your Pi Star. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, whatever rig you happen to be using, whether that be a, a D Star or whatever. So, yeah, check those two podcasts out as well, talking about that good stuff. And, um, I will yeah. say that the, the two Pi Star deep dives we did don't really talk much about D Star because, like I said, up until three days ago, I didn't know squat about D Star. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we only like sort of, sort of mentioned it as an aside every time and uh yeah so we might have to get andy back one more time to talk a little bit about d star and uh the the questionable things you can do with xlx yeah i think i think i've already sort of uh (laughs) silently set him on a mission to figure out uh, a certain problem i'm having with xlx so yeah so this is our this is our teaser episode for a future part three of uh, a nice chat with andy which i know everybody enjoys so much Yep. And, uh, he's, he's a great help to everybody. And he's, his mission is to consolidate all of these digital voice technologies into not, not necessarily one unified universe of digital technologies. That's what M17 is supposed to do. And hopefully we'll be talking to them sooner than later. Um, but he, he has a mission, Andy, MW0MWZ has a mission to let everything talk to everything. And I think that's a good mission. So. Yeah, and and we're trying to get there. We're, we're we're building out the network. I'm I'm putting up reflectors. I'm getting pie stars on the on the net, and so on and so forth. So, stay tuned. There's more to come for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So let's move on from XLX and D Star and talk uh, some quick announcements and feedback. I had one bit of feedback from Rich K0EB who let me know that the episode the AUG download for episode 364 was completely completely broken and <laughs> that's because WordPress pissed me off and uh, changed the way they did things and it took me quite a little bit of time and uh, fudgery to, to get the editor back to where things were normal and somewhere in the middle of that um snafu i put a bunch of uh data like the entire show notes for the episode in the enclosure tag which caused things to break pretty badly <laughs> uh, up a little bit <laughs> yeah it did bugger that up just a little bit but i did get that corrected so the feeds are fine and thanks rich for letting us know and uh it's all been corrected so you have an announcement so what's your announcement well also i wanted to mention since we were kind of talking about the website is that if you have only subscribed to the feeds and haven't been back to the website in a while we mentioned in the last uh short topic episode that the website was undergoing a little bit of uh refurbishment and uh sexiness upgrade well it's all done and it looks very sexy so go visit it and take a look at it and uh, please leave us some feedback on uh, how you think it is now, because I think it looks sexy. <laughs> I don't know about sexy, but it well, is definitely com- much better than it was. So. <laughs> Compared to where it was, yeah. It kind of yeah. looked, uh, I'm not going to say GeoCities, but... <laughs> so, yeah, GeoCities 2.0, maybe. Pretty close. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. One, but we should mention that the new the redesign also made sure that the site is... Um, 
responsive. So it works yeah. in, in mobile devices now too. So there you yeah, go. Yes, so it looks really great in a mobile device. So you can see it in your phone everywhere else. So that's great. All right, let's get on to the other announcements. We have, uh, uh, the 10th annual GNU radio conference is coming up. I don't even know what, how we missed this. I know I, we followed this last year, but somehow in the midst of the COVID crisis and everything else, uh, apparently this fell through the cracks and somebody sent us this note that, Hey, this is going on and, uh, let me just read you uh, the copy about it. The GNU Radio Conference, Conference GRCon, is the annual conference for the GNU Radio Project and Community and has established itself as one of the premier industry events for software radio. It is a week-long conference that includes high-quality technical content and valuable networking opportunities. GRCon is a venue that highlights design, implementation, and theory that has been practically applied in a useful way. Alrighty. GRCon attendees come from a large variety of backgrounds, including industry, academia, government, and hobbyists. GRCon 20 will be held starting September 14th, 2020 online as a virtual event. Uh, the organizing team is hard at work to create a fun and interactive experience. Our keynote speakers include Becky Schoenfield. Or Schoenfeld, uh, W1BXY, managing editor of the QST magazine. Una Rossin, uh, Wendy, I don't know what that means. Uh, Wendy Tan, uh, must be her handle. Hacker of signals and computer programmer. And Jim St. Ledger, uh, director of the open source at Intel. Uh, with an annual program that has a broad appeal, GRCon attracts people new to software or radio just looking to learn more. Experts that want to keep their finger on the pulse and direction of the industry and seasoned developers ready to show off their latest work. Registration is still open and might I mention it's free. <laughs> the main talk track and discussion rooms are free and workshops are available with uh, full registration. Uh, link, of course, is in the show notes. So check that out. And of course, it's over on gnuradio.org in case this doesn't come out on time and you're all listening right now on live. <laughs> <laughs> so check that out. And, uh, yeah, the last thing we have is an email. Did you want to read that or do you want me to try? <laughs> um, I'm not, why am I not seeing the bottom of the screen? Let me try and refresh. <clears throat> it was like scrolling off and I can't see. Oh, there it is. I see it now. <laughs> Stupid safari. I'll let you read it, and I'll answer it. Uh, okay, I'll read it, and you answer it. This email came from Doug, WA3EBG. That's Whiskey Alpha 3. ZHG. Oh, that's Please. a Z? Yeah. Got to clean my friggin' glasses. All right. <laughs> okay, Whiskey Alpha 3, Zulu Bravo Golf. Oh, God, Hotel Golf. Wow, you really? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, hang, hang on a second. Let me get a drink here. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to make it. <laughs> Okay. Whiskey Alpha 3. <laughs> Bacon Sugar Dunes brand. <laughs> okay. Hang on. I really should clean my glasses, but I'm going to try and get through this. Okay. This is from Doug. WA3ZHG. Did I get that right? Okay. That's much better. Yeah. All right. Hi, Russ. First, I would like to thank you for all the work you did with the YouTube videos and the budgie ISO. Well, I didn't do those. Bill did. So thank you, Bill. Yeah. See how much thanks I get here. Yeah. <laughs> I installed the ISO while following your videos. I had a few problems, but I got it all worked out. I thought I was running CQR log in WSJTX and had made my first contact. I finished and the log window in WSJTX popped up. I hit enter and a second window popped up. I attached a picture of the window to this email. 
I pressed yes, and it wrote the entry to CQR log database. When I did that, the offline turned red, and a tick was in front of it. I checked in the log and CQR log, and info looked fine. I made another contact, and this time when I pressed OK in WSJTX log window, it did not write to the CQR log database. I found a workaround. After the first QSO, if I shut down WSJTX and then go into CQR log and reselect WSJTX remote, I am good. Seems like a long way to go for something that should be much simpler. Uh, for one more QSO before I must reload WSJTX again. I hope you can help me because this is over my head. If you want me to do something in the terminal, I will have to ask you not only to tell me what to do, but show me what to type. Uh, I know enough about Linux to be dangerous. I have bricked one or two OSs in the past. Thanks in advance. <laughs> Seven threes, Doug. W A three Zulu Hotel Golf. Well, Doug, we have bricked many, many, <laughs> many installations. So uh, you're coming to the wrong place now. <laughs> no, you know, and uh, you know, I went back and forth with Doug on his particular issue, and he uh, he tried a couple other things, and what I found was he had like some old, he had an older version of uh, CQR log. And uh, a not too current version of WSJTX. He was running in the WSJTX via remote, so which is the right way. But I think the particular version of CQR log that he had was not quite uh, happy with that that interface uh, uh, between the two. And having lived through that myself, I realized that that was probably the issue because I could not replicate it on my machine. So uh, I went back and forth with them. Then he said he he installed the Budgie edition. So I'm like, oh, he shouldn't have the latest versions. But it it really didn't sound like he he really had that. Maybe it was an older one that he installed. <laughs> so I was kind of confused because it, it wasn't very clear. I think he he ended up settling on uh, he has a he's now a Mint user. So he went with uh, Mint. Uh, 20, oh, whatever, uh, the latest one. So 2003 or 2004, six, seven, 20, whatever, you know, 20 something. Um, so he's, he installed that. Now everything is working the way it's supposed to work after about like, you know, eight, eight emails. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it was me telling him, well, let me, let me go and see if I can replicate your environment <laughs> to see exactly what's going on because, I was like, I, you know, A, I didn't have a rig hooked up, which I took a picture for everybody in the chat room. There's three HF rigs sitting on my table. Not a single one is hooked up. Actually, technically one is hooked up to a battery and the, and the antenna. Cause I was just listening to some CW over the weekend, <laughs> but it's not hooked up to a computer at all. So I can't run rig control and stuff like that. Um, but, um, but yeah, so he eventually solved his own problem by just reinstalling the OS, going with the Mint, and then following you know you know simple installation instructions. And again, like we talk about, the videos on the interwebs are old, are very old. They're based on seventeen dot ten um, or eighteen dot ten, eighteen dot ten. Yeah, no, seventeen ten. It was before eighteen oh four came out. So yeah, they're based on seventeen ten, which was a six month build. Before the last LTS release. So we, I mean, we're on the 2004 release now. So it's a three year old video. Um, it is not close to relevant. Um, the video we just did at the, um, at the ham, uh, the QSO today ham radio expo would be the most recent one, which actually shows the video that, uh, we showed of the current Ubuntu budgie 2004 build that we have available on the, uh, on the media.ne4rd.live site. And it was also linked in our homepage for, uh, the builds, right? Yeah. Download you yep. Ubuntu LHS builds dot 
whatever. So if you go there, sorry, I just kind of read it as I click the button and then it disappeared. Uh, <laughs> so if you go there, the very first file, of course, is the Ubuntu Budgie 2004.1 build that I just did uh, last month on the 7th. I did it real quickly. I tested it real quickly, and then we did a live video about it. And wow, lo and behold, it actually worked. <laughs> it installed, and uh, it did install everything correctly. Of course, it is not the current current version of WSJTX because that is two dot two dot two, which is not available in the repos yet. Um, you would still have to download the source on that and compile it and then take your CQR log, go in the preferences and link to that particular build, which is actually super simple because then you don't even have to worry about it being, you know, uh, in the path. So you don't have to worry about doing the actual install. You can just build it and then wherever you built it at, you can actually point it to that directory to, <laughs> to actually run it from, from CQR log in remote mode. Uh, makes it way, way simpler. So, uh, you know, it's quite possible. That when I actually get around to doing a real video, which I I have the box sitting here on the desk, I have the uh, real hardware I'm going to do the videos on sitting on top of the tote to my left. So and now I have my son has cleared out of my other desk so I can actually set that stuff up there. And I can put all this stuff together and make the video so we have some current videos on how to do stuff today, not from three years ago. So... um yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, Doug there, right? This is Doug, right? Doug, 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 Doug. Doug yeah. Yes. Doug, yeah, WA3ZHG. So yeah, yeah. So hopefully he's all set. And, uh, thank you for listening, Doug. And thank you for dealing with me, not being able to answer your question, but I'm, I'm so happy that you found a path, uh, to your solution, even though you installed Mint. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mint, Mint is fine. Mint works great. And uh, it works just the same because it sits on top of Ubuntu. So anything that we say for Ubuntu will work for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, great. So he's all set. And uh, thank you for sending us feedback. Yeah. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. We do appreciate you listening. And where did the chat room stuff go? I don't know. Did it, is it not there? It is gone. I didn't do it. <laughs> the thing I is, you, I think you put it in there while you were disconnected. Because <laughs> I haven't, I haven't put anybody in. But I know I can, I can just kind of read. Yeah, it we can, we can try and figure it out. Um, so we have uh, Bryce K zero N Y X is in the chat room tonight. We have Ted W A zero E I R. We have Stacy K B seven Y S. We have Don uh, K C nine Z M Y. And let's see, who else am I we missing? We had Tony, here? K4XSS. Tony, can't forget Tony, yeah. And we, we had, had uh, 2N2XDD. That's Ed, N2XDD. We had um, James, AA1... Uh, FR? AA1FR, yep. Um, who else? Oh, we had Jonas, Jonas Rulo. Um, not sure. I thought I put one or two other people in there, but I... It's gone so i'm scrolling back i'm scrolling back i'm not seeing any new calls so i think that's that's, that's everyone probably one that has chattered since we started yeah i think so i think there were a couple others that i threw in there as i saw them i think there was uh i think there was steve uh k7hvt i think he was he was in there for a bit, or maybe Steve KD zero IGP. I don't know. Let's just mention people. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Chris yeah. KTUX, and yeah, and all the folks who who were with us tonight and listening to this craziness. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> technically we have over 340 people connected to, uh, well, or registered in the chat room. Uh, looks like about like, uh, 40 or 50 are actually online in some sort of, uh, <laughs> in some, some fashion or other, probably. Playing inactive, some active, game or something. Muted, yeah. Playing L- video game. Yeah. L- listening to some other podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so anyway, thanks everybody for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. Thanks for all the feedback. Please send us more, especially about the website or anything else you'd like to hear about. Deep type topics, you know, anything we can do, we, we try and help. I mean, that's what we're here for. Spreading the, the good word about open source and and using it in amateur radio and, and all the great projects that are out there that you can participate in. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up this deep dive episode, episode number 365 of Linux in the Hamshack for the on assignment, Cheryl W5MOO. I'm Russ K5TUX. And I'm Bill NE4RD73. For listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS Live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.
Linux in the Hamshack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.